0: There are certain verses in the Bible which can catch the attention of even the most disinterested of souls. And a classic example is our Lord's line from our gospel today, where he says, Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. In St. Matthew's account, Jesus says, I have come not to bring peace but a sword. These words catch our attention because even if somebody just has the most basic knowledge of the gospel, they know that the theme of peace looms very large. And when Jesus is born, a multitude of angels appear and they sing glory to God in the highest and peace to people on earth, people of goodwill. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, he teaches, blessed are the peacemakers they will be called children of God. When he heals someone, very often he, respo- he responds to them, says to them, your faith has saved you, go in peace. After his resurrection, when he visits his apostles, he greets them with, peace be with you. Christ is called the Prince of Peace for a reason. So the obvious question is, what are we to make of these seemingly out-of-character words of our Lord? What exactly is Jesus referring to when he said he came not to bring peace but division? I think a good place to answer that question or to look for an answer is actually in the Gospel of John, in the Last Supper discourses. In John chapter 14, Jesus says to his apostles, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. So here, Christ is distinguishing between two kinds of peace. A peace as the world offers it, which is different than the peace that he offers to his followers. Peace as the world gives it is generally defined as an absence of conflict. The peace that Christ offers us is a peace that endures with conflict. A peace that exists despite conflict. How do we know this? Well, later in the very same Last Supper discourse, Jesus will tell his apostles that they're going to find conflict and opposition in the world. He says to them, no servant is greater than his master. If the world hates you, realize that it hated me first. He'll tell them that in the world you will have trouble. But take courage, I have conquered the world. He's saying, you're going to be opposed. You're going to face conflict. You're going to be hated, persecuted. All of the uh, uh, remaining apostles after the resurrection of Christ would die a martyr's death, save for St. John, who died in exile. You're going to face opposition, but do not be afraid. These two verses, they help They help us see what what Christ means when he says, I came not to bring peace on the earth, but to vision. He's saying there are some hills worth dying on, so to speak. Right? I think a a good example that we see also from the Gospel of John is in John chapter 6, the Bread of Life discourse, where Jesus is teaching on the reality of the Eucharist. And he's very explicit. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you do not have life within you. And he was willing to allow the vast majority of his disciples to leave when they said, this saying is hard, who can accept it? He lets them leave rather than compromise on the truth of the Eucharist. He's even willing to allow the apostles to leave, but they don't. The truth of the Eucharist, uh, it's true, too important to compromise. And so if we follow Christ, then that will mean standing up for the truth of the faith, um, Even when it brings conflict, division, trouble, opposition, even when that conflict and division happens among our own friends and among even our own families. And we see this throughout salvation history. Today, August 14th, is traditionally the feast day of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Because it falls on a Sunday, we don't celebrate it this year. Uh, Maximilian was a Polish Franciscan who was martyred in Auschwitz in 1941. When he was initially arrested, he spent three months in a different prison camp, in uh, Paviak Prison, before going to Auschwitz. And there, in Paviak Prison, there is uh, an anecdote that highlights the truth of what our Lord is saying. There was an SS guard who, when he saw Colby arrive at this prison, um, he was, Colby was still wearing his Franciscan habit, a long brown robe, which has a large rosary dangling at his side. In the sight of this Franciscan habit, it enraged the SS guard. And the guard coldly asked Colby, do you believe in Christ? Yes, I do, he replied. And the guard then punched Colby in the face. Do you still believe? Yes, I do believe, Colby answered for the second time. And for the second time, the guard struck him in the face. This time, the friar swayed. And the guard began to aggressively shake him. And he grabbed the crucifix from his rosary and he pointed to it. And he said, do you still believe? And When he responded the third time, yes, I believe, the guard hit him so hard that Colby was knocked to the ground. A fourth time, the guard demanded, and you still believe in that? And when he said yes, he began to pummel him with blow after blow. It was said that one eyewitness was so distraught at what he was seeing that he even began to threaten the guard something that surely would have ended his life but in the midst of this colby turned to him and said please do not get excited you have plenty troubles of your own what happened is not important because it is all for the immaculate mother he was at peace despite this great injustice because christ told us to expect opposition now that is a dramatic account as are all the accounts of the martyrs uh, sufferings. You might be thinking the SS isn't going to be knocking down my door anytime soon and thanks be to God that is the case. But we will certainly face opposition from the world for professing the faith in our secular climate that's grown increasingly hostile to the faith over the years and we witness this on a small scale uh, that we witness this dynamic this summer and the church nationally and locally faced backlash for her pro-life stance. Jesus didn't come to give us peace without conflict. Rather, he came to give us the peace the world cannot give, the peace that endures despite conflict, opposition, persecution. There's another aspect to this gospel that we need to consider. Yes, part of it is that as Christians, we're called to proclaim the truth of the faith, to confront the evil that's in the world even when it brings opposition but part of it also of this passage means we must confront the evil that is within our own hearts and souls seeking god's mercy repenting of our sins in matthew's gospel where jesus said i came to bring not peace but a sword the fathers of the church point out that a sword is something that separates us that separates right And so, we must be separated from our sins. And this happens ordinarily in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. When we confess our sins with sorrow, Christ, through the instrument of the priest, separates those sins from us. In God's eyes, it's as if they never were. He separates, divides us from our sins. We must be separated from our sins, but the path of holiness is more than that. We all have attachments, uh, disordered loves of created goods, and the Lord wants to purify us of these as well. Jesus in our gospel said, I came to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. Fire is something that purifies. Gold is purified in fire, and so is our soul Purified in the fire of his divine love. But there's one key difference between gold and us gold does not have a free will. We do. And we can freely choose not to allow our soul to be purified by this divine fire. So we must persevere in allowing Christ to purify us. How do we do that? Well, daily by bending the knee in prayer. When we pray and put ourselves in the presence of God, we are putting ourselves in the presence of his fire of divine love that can purify us day by day, slowly but surely, and transform us into the saints he created us to be. By the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, we receive Jesus Christ really, truly, and substantially. And when we do receive him, we ask him to transform us. And then, of course, the cross. Those things in life... Uh, that we don't like, that we can't change, that we didn't choose. This is the cross, and this is what Christ sends our way because he loves us and he wants us to be saints. We can either run from our cross, or we could uh, grind our teeth and, and complain about it bitterly and just get through it, or we could embrace it as Maximilian Colby did, as our Lord did, as all the saints have done. Seeing it as something that Christ sends our way to purify us and transform us, into those saints he created us to be. Gold doesn't have a free will. It can't choose not to be purified, but we can. May we choose to allow the fire of divine love to purify us and transform us, to sanctify us on the road to heaven.